So with the United Series, those of you who are in this room or watching online right now, I want to congratulate you that you are in Connect Track 101. Um, so this is actually the first week of our Connect Track. And if you are in every service in the month of January, you will all have gone through Connect Track all the way through. And that's the first step in the process of becoming a part of what's happening here at United Church. And so with our process, there's four things, connect, grow, give, go, as we grow as individuals. But our connect track is all about focusing on our plan as a church. Because the reality is when you want to become a part of something, you want to know what that church is all about, right? Because how many of you know that not all churches are the same? Right? We're not all the same. We're all different. We're all unique. And for, for years since I've been here, we've kind of been building our identity, building our culture, which has been so important for the health of this body. But as we move forward, God is transitioning us to saying, listen, you know who you are in me. Now you need to walk out who I've called you to be. And so that's, that's what this whole United series is going to be all about. For me personally, as, as pastor of this church, I can tell you, I've I've prayed for many years for clear vision of what God wanted to do um, in the ministry I was leading, whether it's this whole church or as a youth pastor or as an executive pastor. Whatever I was doing, I always asked God, what is it that you want? And for years, all right, so I'm now in my eighth year of ministry. I'm now in my ninth year of ministry full time, not ninth year of ministry full time. How do I do this? Yeah, I've been, wow, I'm old. I know. That's crazy. I've been there. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm in my ninth year of full-time ministry. That is crazy to me. I'm sorry. So anyway, in my ninth year of full-time ministry, I finally feel that God has given the vision for me that I'll be able to see played out. Um, for many times in ministry, God said, hey, this is where you're going. And then we'd, we'd get so close to being there, and then God would call away. And we always anticipated it, if I can be honest with you. Um, when I was in youth ministry at a church, we, we kind of launched a bunch of things, and then God said, hey, Jonathan, it's time. We, had, we knew it. But there's something about what's happening here at United Church that God says, no, this is the vision that you're going to see carried out, and you're going to walk out this promise that I'm speaking over this body. And so I can tell you right now, you're not going to be able to calm me down. Um, you know, one thing right now is, uh, for those of you who don't know, I was in a car accident this past week. Um, I, I'm hurting, but I'm going to keep going because I believe that God has called. And the, I'm not, the other thing is this. I am in a spiritual battle. I'm in a spiritual battle every day of my life. You are in a spiritual battle every day of your life. And if you don't feel the battle, you are losing the battle. You understand that? If you don't feel the spiritual battle, you are losing the battle because the enemy has lulled you into complacency. But when you are under attack, when you know, and I know, listen, I know, I know I'm walking with Jesus. I know I'm spending time in his word. I know I'm spending time in prayer. I know I'm diving deeper into my relationship with him. So of course the enemy is going to bring some kind of attack. And I'm not saying that the person who hit me is the enemy. I'm not saying that, okay? We as Christians do things that are used by the enemy at times, even though we meant no harm, right? Right, but the enemy is on the prowl. He's at work because what? Because God is about to do something incredible in this church and he's trying to stop us. So we are going to keep moving forward. We are not going to stop. We are going to believe that God is at work. And you know, I kind of expected down numbers today because it's January 3rd and people haven't gone back to school and haven't gone back to work. It's the last Sunday before we get to it. 
I'll tell you right now, today's a good day. Today's a good day as we jump into our first pillar. We're going to talk about pursuit today, and I'm wearing, the, I'm wearing the four pillars on my hoodie. I may wear this same hoodie every week for this entire series. I don't know yet. Um, I'll wash in between, don't worry. But um, we as a church have been striving to be united uh, in a couple different areas, but God spoke clear vision to me, and he confirmed it in the leadership of this church when we sat down and he said, listen, yes, this is it. This is where we are going. This is what we are called to do. So these, these four pillars are the four things that we are going to put effort behind. And I use, the term, I use the word pillar because it starts with a P, and if you didn't notice, all the words begin with P, so it kind of flows easier off the tongue with alliteration. Yes, I used the big word today. His promises will be fulfilled as long as we walk out these four Ps, as long as we walk out these pillars of pursuit prayer, purpose, and power. We're going to be united in pursuit of Jesus, both when we are together and when we are apart. I'm going to say it one more time. We are going to be united in pursuit of Jesus when we are together and when we are apart. If you didn't notice when you walked through the inside doors to the worship center today, you saw united in pursuit right above the doors. If you came from this side, you saw right above the doors walking into the lobby slash worship center, united in Pursuit, because when we're together and when we're apart, we are pursuing Jesus. We're going to be united in prayer for others, both when we are together and when we are apart. That's why we have prayer in our service, because it's important to pray over the needs of the body. That's why when you have somebody that you're struggling with mentally, you pray for them, right? And I'm not talking about, well, I'll get into prayer next week in more detail, because we got a lot to cover today. We're going to be united on purpose making an impact on our community because of God's love for it. So we're going to be united in our purpose of making a difference in the world around us. And we're going to be united in power from the Holy Spirit, believing that if we stay united with him, that all of these other things will be fulfilled. So that is, those are our four pillars. We're united in pursuit, prayer, purpose, and power. If we can keep these four things at the front, if we can keep these four things our priorities, I can tell you right now, God's going to do some incredible things. So, as we begin talking about pursuit this morning, uh, I want to ask you a, a question. Have you ever had a disagreement with someone because you felt that your way was a better way? Right? I mean, we've all been in this situation where we get in, our, in arguments with people because I know the best way to get something done. Um, you know, it's funny because when you, when you do like facility things or physical projects, there's always somebody who wants to sit back and just go, you could do that differently. And I always have a wonderful answer to people who tell me they can do that differently. I go, well, then you can do it. Um, there we go, right? I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. But for me, we all have hit points where we've had disagreements over that kind of thing. And what I wanted to do this morning... Uh, as we jump into uh, this sermon. Esther, can I use you today? Awesome. All right, Esther, I want you to stand at these cones right here. So just stand right there looking that way. And what you're going to do, you're going to face this way. You're not allowed to go outside of the cones, but I want you to get to here. All right, you can't go outside the cones. I want you to get to here. All right, now show me some ways you could do that. So one is she could just go over, right? 
Awesome. Okay, what's another? You don't have to do all of them. If you want to go back now, what's another way you could go? Man, you walked that line. You walked a really fine line there. What's another way you can go? You don't have to do it all. You can just say it. You could go under the chairs, right? All right, so that, there's a couple different ways, right? And there was, there was one way that you go, man, that was, that was easy. Uh, it was easy for her to walk over. She had to walk a fine line to not go outside the cones. But there are other ways to actually get to the other side, right? So what's another way you could get to the other side without moving the cones and going outside of the cones? Can I show you one? All right, step back a little bit. You guys ready for this? Okay. Go ahead. You see, the issue, you guys can clap and you can have a seat. The issue is so often we get caught up staring at our obstacles in life and we think, how do we get around them, over them, through them, when all the time, when we're looking at obstacles, God is just standing here like, okay, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And see, there are different ways to walk through obstacles and beyond obstacles, but the best way is always led by God, right? And now there are going to be times when God says, hey, listen, I want you to go over these chairs because it's going to be beneficial to your maturity. There are going to be times when God says, hey, I want you to go under the chairs because it's going to be beneficial to your maturity in the faith. But then there are going to be times when it is impossible for you to cross through the obstacle without his help. And God just comes along and says, okay, my child, it's okay. Guess what? I'm here to remove the obstacles in your way. Why? Because God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So when we come to obstacles, God doesn't understand the word obstacle. God only understands the word opportunity for us to walk out in faith what he is calling us to step into. This is what Jesus is doing. And so as we talk through all of these things, we have to understand that preferences are always going to differ. Listen, like, if I think about Zoe, right, my little, my little two-year-old girl who's about to be three, if, she, if you say, hey, Zoe, can you get from one side of the cone to the, other, to the other side with the chairs there, the easiest way for Zoe to get around would be to go under. She's small enough to crawl, right? For me, I would, I would walk over because I'm bigger. It's easier for me. But the reality is there are different ways, but there is a wrong way. But a wrong way is not doing it differently, the wrong way but would have been to what? What we off, often want to do because it's easier is to step outside of the cones. But what, what happens when we step outside of the cones is we walk outside of the blessings that God is calling us into. Because when we just avoid things in life, what ends up happening is we no longer give ourselves the opportunity to grow. So we must stay inside the boundaries that God has dictated in his word. And when you come to an obstacle in your life, you say, God, this is an opportunity for you to lead me, for you to guide me, or for you to deliver me from my obstacle. Some of you are like, Pastor Jonathan, what does this have to do with being united in pursuit? It has everything to do with being united in pursuit. If there's one thing I've learned about church over the years, it's this. Everybody has a lot of opinions. Everybody has a lot of opinions. Why? Because we're people, and people have opinions. 
And there are different ways to do everything, right? I mean, even right now, I, I, I said in the Wednesday night prayer service, I said, listen, I'm going to be dressed different on Sunday morning than I normally would. Don't think that I'm going to dress down every Sunday. It's just something I'm doing for this series because I wanted to display what we're talking about. But if you went to every church just in our town, you would get men in suits. You would get a woman preacher. You would get young. You'd get old. You'd get like hardcore biblically driven. You'd get uh, topically driven. You'd get all these different styles. Why? Because we're all different. And how we lead is different. But what the Holy Spirit does as we pursue Jesus and put our pursuit of him above our preferences, what ends up happening is the Holy Spirit says, listen, you are caught up on a preference, but instead you should be caught up in your pursuit of me. So what ends up happening is my preference falls to the wayside as long as I put my pursuit of Jesus first. Why? Because I say, listen, I worship like this, like this, I worship like this, I worship like this, I worship like this. But then there are people who worship like this, like this. I mean, this is how it goes. And all I have to do is understand is, listen, are you pursuing Jesus? If you're pursuing Jesus and I'm pursuing Jesus together, then listen, we may differ on our preference. Oh man, but as long as that priority, as long as that pillar is at the forefront, there's a lot of understanding, isn't there? There's a lot more understanding when we put the emphasis in the right places. So as we move forward in united in pursuit, one of the things that we have to understand is that if we can stay united in pursuit of Jesus on weekdays, not just on Sundays, it will bring greater unity and power and dynamicness, I don't even know if that's a word, but it works for me right now, uh, to our Sunday morning gatherings. Why? Because if we're united in pursuit of Jesus Monday through Saturday, then when we come together on Sunday and worship and lift up the name of Jesus, our worship is going to sound different, it's going to feel different, it's going to be different because we are united not just when we are together, but we are united when we are apart. And that's what being in united in pursuit is all about. Why? Because unity comes from God. We don't let our preferences step in the way of God's ways. You know, there's something I wrote down, and I don't even, I, I, I contemplated even if I wanted to say it, but it's something I feel like I have to emphasize. And it's not something I've seen played out in our church, although it has at times, but it's something that is just a reality. When we look at smaller churches and larger churches, and I'm not talking large as in like thousands and thousands, I'm talking smaller churches like under 100 and larger churches like 200 or above. You end up having this unique dynamic where in smaller churches, it's so easy for preferences to be elevated, okay? You, you may disagree with me, but this is why smaller churches tend to split more than larger ones. Um, this is why pastors don't stay long at smaller churches. Uh, this is why churches, leadership, and boards and stuff begin to have vocal issues. And, and, and why? Because preferences in smaller churches are more easily hurt. Where in larger churches, what ends up happening is people very quickly get on board behind the vision of what God is speaking. Why? Because your preference probably won't be hurt as easily. So as a smaller church, we have to fight harder. We have to fight harder. 
to stay united in pursuit, to put Jesus first. Because a, a single voice in a church of 60 versus a single voice in a church of 200 are very different voices. And so I, I say that not because it's something that I go, sister so-and-so in this body just won't stop telling me what she wants. No, 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 that's not happening. Church, I'm telling you, I've never felt more united in this body and what God is calling me to, even with our leadership. There's some changes that I've, I've already sent texts out like, hey, these, these are some changes we're going to make so that we stay united because we're going to have to fight for this. We're going to have to fight for what we believe God is going to do. It's going to be awesome. Again, it's not an admonition that I think you are that way. I don't think you are, but it's a reality we have to accept. Many of us know the old kids' church song, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. When we're talking about being united in pursuit, this, this simple song that we know from childhood, if you grew up in church, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. It's, it's so simple, but as we grow older, a lot of times we let simple things fall by the wayside. If we're going to be united in pursuit of Jesus, it begins with our prayer time and our time in the Word of God. One of the things you have to know about the word pursuit, pursuit means following something, okay? Following something. So pursuit is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. Pursuit is an action of following, and for us, it's Jesus. So if we are in pursuit of Jesus, there are action steps that we must take to walk in pursuit of him. And the first two things that you need to make sure are at the top of your list are prayer and reading his word. We understand that when we press into our relationship with God, when we are pursuing him, the actions that we take will work out to our benefit because they will transform us from the inside out. All too often, we, we think that we have to fix ourselves from the outside in. I need to change my language. I need to change my actions. But what Jesus wants to do is he says, listen, pursue me and those thoughts that consume you will be transformed so that the words you used to speak are no longer coming out of your mouth. The anger that you used to sin when it, when it dwelled up within you is no longer going to become sin. Yeah, you might still become angry, but your actions won't follow through with it. And so we have to understand that when we are in pursuit of Jesus, the first thing we have to do is we have to understand that reading our Bible and praying are of the utmost importance. And this year, I'm going to actually talk about a few things. So as a church this year, here's something that we're making available to you. So on the camera, it's right here. Uh, this is in our pursuit corner in the lobby. This is a prayer guide that's been put out by the Ohio Ministry Network, um, and it's all falling in with their plan of Ohio for Jesus. Um, we are believing as a, as a state within the AG that God is going to, I'll give you the numbers here in the month of, at the end of January, but we're believing for hundreds of new churches, thousands of salvations, we're believing for God to transform this state. And so this prayer guide is just a simple way that you can follow along with us as a church. It was made available, and, and so we went out and bought them for a buck a book because can't beat that price. And uh, each week, which it begins tomorrow, it has Bible reading right there. So Monday through Sunday, uh, each day you just have a simple chapter to read. 
And then also there's a prayer prompt so that you can pray in unity with us in pursuit of what God is doing in our church. So listen, this is awesome. It's simple, but if we do this together, God's going to bring unity to us. So, you know, for me, I, prayer is one of those things that can get complex. And so when, we, when you struggle to pray, I'll tell you what I do. I just throw on some worship music and I just listen and I let the song fill my life and go, God, okay, what are you doing in this moment? And then we move forward. So that's, that's one thing in regards to what we're doing this year. Another thing, it's something that's made available to you, Chloe, if you're ready. Uh, this is something that you know about, but we're going to remind you of. And this is Right Now Media, a resource available uh, to everyone in our church. Welcome to our study of the Gospel of John. I have fallen in love with the work of Paul as I've studied the book of 1 Corinthians, and I believe you will too. This is where Jesus taught in Capernaum, and you have to understand this scene. The Lord is my shepherd. And over the next six weeks, we're gonna look deeply into the 23rd Psalm. Right Now Media. It's for groups. It's for personal devotion. It's for parents. The bullseye of parenting is to raise children who become like Jesus. It's for kids. This is Phil. We're digging into the Bible, which, as we've mentioned, is more than just a book. It's for tough times. So when you recognize that you're trying to have a conversation with your spouse and they're not ready to talk, it's not helpful to keep pressing right. them. It's for every phase of life. If you've made mistakes with money, you know what that makes you? Over 12. And now, it's yours. We've purchased a Right Now Media subscription for everyone in our church. So check your inbox for the digital invitation and download the app for instant access to thousands of biblically-based videos. Get equipped. Get inspired. So with that, that is available to you in your personal every day. You can watch some kind of Bible study video, videos on prayer. It's all online available to you. This is also, if you do not have that, you are not getting an email today. That was what we did at the beginning. Uh, but you have this piece of paper. This is just how you can sign up uh, if, you are, if you are not on that already. So that is also in Pursuit Corner. And then another thing in Pursuit Corner, I printed out more of the promises from the Word of God so that if you're struggling in your life um, and you're like, how do I pray? Pray the promises of God over your life. So these are things that you're going to do to stay united in pursuit of Jesus when we're apart. But the other thing we have to know is, well, what are we going to do together? And so what we're going to do now, I got one more video and then we're done videos for the day. Um, but we're just speeding up this process. We got one more video and this is what we do as a body to stay united in pursuit of Jesus together. Hi, my name is Bob Tolan. I'm the team lead for the men's ministry here at the church. And we meet every second and fourth Sunday evening. What we do is sometimes really crazy, but primarily it's biblical teaching and we apply it to our personal lives. And we need to understand at all times that we have the power of God within us. So I hope to see you some Sunday evening and even in church on Sunday mornings. Thank you very much.
Hi, I'm Lynn Quackemeyer, and I'm the team leader for United Women. We meet on the second and fourth Sunday of every month, starting at six o'clock and ending at 7.30. Come and join us as we spend the time together laughing and sharing, and we have lots of coffee and hot chocolate and good things to eat. And we're also diving deeper into God's word so that we can grow in him and follow his will for our lives, as well as heal and be restored. So come on out one Sunday evening and join us. Join us for a time seeking God and his word. Hi, I'm Katie Ball. I'm the youth leader here at United Church. We meet on Sunday evenings around six o'clock. Uh, we play some games, have fun, um, get to know each other a little better. We always have a meaningful, meaningful devotion um, that, that helps us grow our faith and we learn how to apply it to our life. We'll see you there. Hi, my name is Teresa Ball. I'm the leader of the nursery and we meet on Sunday mornings in the nursery at 10, at 10.30. Starting in January, we're gonna be starting a new curriculum, Sunshine Kids. The, the children will be learning about Jesus through play, videos, and through uh, worksheets. Mom, Dad, if you have any questions, you, please feel free to come and talk to, talk to me about our new curriculum. And if there's anyone interested in volunteering, I would love to talk with you and get you connected. Thank you. Hi, my name's Erin Penn. I'm the team leader for the girls' ministries here at United Church. Our three-year-old through fifth grade meet on Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. And our junior high and high school age meet the first and third Sundays mornings at 10.30. When your kids arrive at the clubs, they can expect games, activities, and lessons with the emphasis on fun and growing godly women to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have any questions about getting plugged into the girls' ministries as a leader or getting your kids engaged, please contact me. I'd love to sit down and have a conversation. Hi, I'm Corey Penn. I'm one of the leaders here at the Royal Rangers at the church. We are a activity-based ministry for boys in grades kindergarten through 12th grade. We meet on Sundays from 6 to 7.30. Uh, we have an emphasis on teaching the boys about the Bible. Uh, we have activities, we do a Bible story, we follow a code, we follow a motto, and we follow a pledge as a ranger. Um, we also will have an activity when the boys are here. We will do a spiritual lesson, we'll do a biblical story, and of course, our buddy JB Beaver, sometimes he shows up and he likes to teach with me and the boys. So we'd love to have you on a Sunday evening. Please stop by if you have any questions. Get a hold of myself or our other leader, Rick Crane. Uh, we can answer any questions you have. And if you would like to help out in the room, we'd love to have one of you help out with us. Hope to see you soon. Thanks. So with all of that going on, those are the things that we're doing to stay united in pursuit together. I encourage you, if you've not been a part of any of these things, join us starting next week. Uh, it's going to be an awesome time. I'm, I want to clap for our leaders real quick. Um, <laughs> They all, they all got nervous in some possible way, um, but they did a great job, and I just get used to it, because you're going to be on camera a lot more. Um, so this, this morning, though, one of the things we also stay united in pursuit and how we do it is, again, pursuit is an action, right? Following Jesus, following his example. One of the other ways we stay united in pursuit is how we give. Um, so you go, 
Pastor, where are you where are you going with this? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, right? He gave his his only uh, son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God gave his son. Jesus gave his life. So when we're talking about being united in pursuit of Jesus, giving is a part of that. Jesus in his teaching says to give. He, he listen, give of your finances, give of your time, give of your talent. Give of who you are. We give our tithes and offerings because Jesus first gave to us. So as we give of our finances, as we give of our time, as we give of our talent, that means serving in one of these ministries, right? Maybe you ask God, you say, hey God, I, I, it's time. I need to step up in some way. Listen, we need more kids leaders. Our kids need to know about Jesus. And you go, listen, I don't know if I can. Then just say, hey, I'd love to sit in. I'd love to sit in and watch. And maybe, maybe you're not the teacher, but maybe you can just be a support to a teacher and say, yeah, I'd love to just love on these kids. My favorite part about being in youth ministry was just, just I had different kinds of leaders. I had leaders who did physical things. I had leaders that just were relational like crazy. And then, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I had, I had grandparent youth leaders because there's nothing like a grandparent for a teenager. Someone who can just love on kids just love them for who they are, who they are as they are. And so, you know, and I'm not just talking about teenagers. I'm talking about kids too. But this is, we need leaders. We need men and women who come together and say, hey, I want to be a part of a team that's serving and making a difference in the men and women of our church. And so that's how we give of our talent. So we give financially, we serve faithfully, and we serve with who we are. So when we talk about pursuit of Jesus, and I'll tell you right now, we're not ending at 1130. We're going to end around 1140. So just deal with it. It's important because, one, it's important to be in united pursuit of Jesus because it can lead a church to greater unity, which creates a thriving, healthy culture. When you say, I'm going to put my pursuit of Jesus above everything else in my life, then the church is healthier. When you, when you say, I personally will be in pursuit of Jesus, it leads to direction from the Holy Spirit, empowerment from the Holy Spirit, and peace and joy from God over your life. When you say, I'm putting pursuit of Jesus above everything else. There's a reason it's the first pillar we're talking about, because it is the most important one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Why is it also important? It brings maturity to ourselves. What is Galatians chapter 5? It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you are in pursuit of Jesus every day of your life, the fruit of the Spirit begins to develop within you. He transforms you from the inside out. How do we pursue Jesus? We pursue Jesus in prayer, through reading his word, through meditating and worship, through giving of who we are and what we have. And if these aren't enough reasons to pursue Jesus, I want to go to the scriptures today to remind you of some things about Jesus and his relationship with you. So we're going to start today in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. Ephesians chapter 1 beginning in verse 5. The NIV will be on the screen. I'm actually going to read from the NLT, just so you're aware. It said, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do 
and it gave him great pleasure. Jesus chose you. God chose you. What does that mean? It means he pursued you before you were ever born. God pursued you before you were ever a thought in your mother's mind. God pursued you before you ever took a breath. And God continues to pursue you today. So why do we pursue Jesus? Because he first pursued us. He's worth, we are worth so much to him. You know, we've, one of the things we've talked about is how we are not enough. His Holy Spirit is enough. But yes, we are not enough to accomplish things. But Jesus looks at us and he says, you are valuable. You are worth so much. I gave my life for you. Listen, we can't do it on our own. But God still looks at us and says, I love you. I've chosen you. I've adopted you. And he didn't just choose us when we were good. No, 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 no. Romans 5, 8 says this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't pursue you when you got your life right. Jesus didn't pursue you when you stopped cussing. Jesus didn't begin to pursue you when you quit acting out in your anger. Jesus didn't quit pursuing you when you quit, we quit thieving, quit affair and quit, whatever the case may be. Jesus pursued you while you were still a sinner. He said, I love you so much. He said, I'm not giving up on you. I'm not quitting on you. I'm pursuing you because you are valuable to me. That's what Jesus says. So Jesus pursued us not when we were worth it in our own minds, but when he saw value in us because of who he created us to be. He gave his life for us. I read before John 3, 16, he gave his life. He pursued you by literally laying down his life for you so that you wouldn't have to pay the price for your own sins. This thought continues in Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says this, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Jesus pursued you. And he said, listen, I have a gift to offer you. You are dead in your sin and your transgressions, but I am pursuing you and I'm saying, here is the gift of life and life eternal with me. He said, listen, I'm not only going to pursue you because I'm coming after you, I'm going to give you everything you need in this world. I'm going to give you everything you need in this life, which is a relationship with me. He has shown us his mercy. He has given us his grace. He said, listen, you are destined for hell without me, but I am coming to you so that you can be with me. Jesus pursued you when there was no possible way for you to pursue him. That's why we choose to be in pursuit. But the choice is clear. I mean, when you read the scriptures and if you know the stories, you know the truth. Jesus gave his life on a cross to pay the price for your sin. He pursued you first. But now we have to make the choice to pursue him. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's an action. What, one of the things I wrote down, and I don't know where it is because I've been all over the place in my sermon today, is this. Your walk is a recognition of your repentance. Your worldview is not determined by your tongue. Your worldview is determined by your walk. 
your recognition of your sin and your pursuit of Jesus through spending time in prayer, spending time in the Word, worshiping, giving. These are things that will happen to a Christ follower. A Christ follower gives. A Christ follower prays. A Christ follower reads the Word. A Christ follower gives praise and worship. Why? Because we are in pursuit of the one who pursued us. You know what a non-Christ follower doesn't do is all of those things I just listed. How could you call yourself a Christian if you are not in pursuit of the one who pursued you first? It's not. And that's, I mean, that sounds harsh. But have we, I mean, if we really have accepted Christ, if we really have given him our life, do you not think that it would be drawing you closer and pushing you? Now, again, you have an enemy of your soul, as I talked about earlier, and he's going to try to pull you from these things. And maybe right now you say, listen, I'm not walking this out the way I should. Now, today's a day that I'm going to say I'm going to be in pursuit of Jesus. I'm making the commitment. I'm stepping up in faith. Let me say this. We we pursue Jesus with our life because without him, we are dead in our sin. He chose us when we didn't deserve it. Pursuing Jesus shows the world that we have accepted his sacrifice for our sin. 1 John 4, 9. This is our last verse for the day. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us, sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We pursue Jesus because he first pursued us. We do this through worship, prayer, reading his word, and giving. We do this in unity. It will come to the body, and it will elevate our church to a new status. That's, that's just the best way I can describe it because I can't tell you what that status is. That's just something that happens in the spiritual world. We will take hold of his promises. We will be transformed from the inside out. He will begin to guide us through the obstacles and circumstances that we face in life. He will be our peace and joy. When we are united in pursuit of Jesus, it will bring greater health to ourselves and us as a church. We will read his word, spend time in prayer, give, worship, because we love him and pursue him because he pursued us. Worship team, come on. He has been faithful. He has shown himself to be worthy of our worship. He has given us himself. And this year, we as a church will declare that we will be united in pursuit of Jesus, not just on Sunday mornings, not just on Sunday evenings or Wednesday evenings, but every single day we will decide Jesus we give you our life we give you our time we say today as a body as a people Jesus your love for me has been pursuing me all the days of my life and I'm sorry for the times that I've missed it I'm sorry for the times I've missed it but church I pray that you're not just sorry I pray that you don't just say, I've missed it. Because today is a day that's not about, I missed it. Today is a day about pursuit. Today is a day about action. 
It's stopping by Pursuit Corner. Listen, I've got a hundred of these prayer guides. There's one for each one of you, not just per couple. Grab one. Every single person should grab one. If you're not on Right Now Media, get on Right Now Media. Grab your promises from the Word of God. Do something. Grab your phones. Set the alarm in your phone that says, I am going to pray every morning at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., whatever time you wake up. I don't care what it is, but I am not going to step to the side anymore. I'm going to step into what God is calling me to. He called me worthy of his life. He pursued me with everything he has, and now I'm going to pursue him. Don't let this be another sermon. Don't let this be another moment. But instead say, I'm going after Jesus this year with everything I have. Listen, if we can stay united in pursuit of Jesus, not just when we gather together, but even when we are apart, amazing things are going to happen. Next week, January 10th, we're going to begin another three weeks of fasting and prayer. Begin this week praying, God, what are you asking me to fast? God, what are you calling me to? And what we're going to do then, those three weeks after, that, that last one will actually be a Sunday. And we're going to party. We're going to celebrate together what God is doing. Church, I'm telling you, this is week one. God's about to do something incredible. God's about to do something incredible. But it begins by putting him first putting Jesus in our pursuit of him above everything else. So I'm going to pray. They're going to worship, and then I'll come up and close in a moment. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for pursuing us before we were even a thought. And now, Jesus, we make the decision to pursue you. God, maybe for the first time, the hundredth time today, we say, God, I accept your sacrifice on the cross. God, I accept what you've done. And Jesus, today, I give you my life. Jesus, today, I make a declaration that I'm pursuing you each day. I know the enemy is going to try to pull me aside, but I'm making a decision, and I will not back down. In Jesus, I pray. Amen.